This is the Sustainabro Podcast with your host, Will Shepard. Welcome to episode two of the Sustainabro podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And today on the show, we have Michael Joseph. So Michael is a kind of a wild story in that he just kind of on a whim two years ago, moved out to California without any job or really income to support him. And so he was able to do so because of his basis in sustainability to some extent. And so we kind of go over that in the podcast and go into a little bit about Michael's minimalistic lifestyle that allowed him to actually pay off his student loans and then save up quite a bit of money to live his ideal lifestyle. And so now Michael has even kind of taken his lifestyle one step further and he's actually helping others achieve the same thing that he is. And so he's doing that with his podcast called Sustainable Savings as well as he is a personal finance coach, and so I figured he'd be an amazing guy to have on the show. Um, he kind of brings about the integration of both personal finance and sustainability. So here he is, Michael Joseph. All right, man. Well, I just want to say uh, thanks for thanks for taking this interview. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so, I mean, do you want to pop in a, kind of the questions I got? Sure. Absolutely. So I guess it's kind of like the first one, right? Like, so you run your podcast now, um, Sustainable Savings. And so what was kind of like the baseline for you getting into sustainability or what drove you to do that? Yeah, so honestly, it's uh, it's not something that I fell into intentionally. Um, so the way I approached uh, my life uh, post-college, uh, I was in a situation where I had all this debt and I I think I had roughly thirty-five to forty thousand dollars in student loan debt, and after about two years, I realized I was getting nowhere. I wasn't able to live the life I want to live. I was miserable. I was so stressed out because I was barely getting by. I was paycheck to paycheck, sometimes less than paycheck to paycheck, and uh, after about two years, uh, I just got it in my head that I needed to start living more simply and. Uh, I needed to reduce my impact and cut down on the things I was spending my money on. And when I look back now, I realized that I was, you know, kind of incorporating a lot of sustainable practices, um, you know, practicing a lot of minimalism, uh, just trying to leave as small of a footprint as I can to save money. But the benefit of that was I was saving money, but also saving the world a little bit. So it was kind of cool. But yeah, so a couple of years ago, um, I did that. And then uh, about a year ago, I decided that I was going to start a podcast. And initially, it was like a financial savings podcast. Um, but then I thought it'd be really cool to uh, incorporate, you know, different practices that people have used, sustainable or uh, non-conventional practices, uh, to either save money or eliminate their debt. So that's how I kind of got into everything. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that I've talked to a lot of different people so far, and I've realized it's such a personal experience, uh, whether it be using a sustainable practice or 
saving money. Um, so it's kind of cool how those two things tie together. Um, but yeah, it's been a fun ride so far. Yeah, it's wicked cool. And I think one of the things I really think is cool about it, right, is like a lot of the times you hear the complaint that like, oh, sustainable products are more expensive and stuff like that. But what they don't, I guess, incorporate into their idea there is that, you know, if you just don't buy anything, you know, you're, you're saving money and you're just kind of moving forward and not having to spend that premium for something that might be a, a sustainable product. Yeah. And I think one thing as well is um, I tell a lot of people that I look at like consumerism as uh, a lot of people just like throwing stuff at the wall, trying to figure out what they like. Um, so I challenge a lot of people. Um, I'm a personal finance coach. So I challenge, I challenge a lot of people to uh, that I've worked with so far to just have a little bit more self-awareness about like what they want in their life and what their ideal lifestyle looks like. And then to build around that um, there's a lot of simple satisfaction and, um, you know, really easy things that you can just buy because, you know, you're like, oh, this will temporarily make me happy. But ultimately, it's like challenging yourself to understand like what you really want. And I feel like in my experience, that's allowed me to like spend less and then still enjoy the things in my life that I really care about. So, um, you know, like one thing I believe is like, I believe in uh, financial prosperity for everyone, regardless of job title. And I think that can be achieved if that person can have a little bit more self-awareness about what they want in their life and then focusing their financial situation around that. Um, and that creates a, a lack of overspending. They save money. They're going to buy the things that they want. They're going to use those things long term, and then they're not going to, they're not going to end up just tossing things or donating them um, in terms of their purchasing. But uh, the same can be said about housing, what kind of car you drive, a lot of different aspects of your life. It's like having that person identify first what they really need and then designing their lifestyle around that. Yeah. And kind of just what they value in general. Right. And so I guess, yeah, a perspective, right. Is that you can't have every single little thing, but you can have what you want in your financial coaching. Is that, is that something you really work to stress and, and kind of get people to evaluate? Yeah, so I try to incorporate it, but really the main thing on what I do is, uh, and I've talked to some people about branding and it's like more, like I call myself a freedom financial coach and that's really just like telling somebody that makes, you know, 50 to $70,000 a year, like don't try to live like you're making six figures a year. Like <laughs> let's design a lifestyle around your priorities and your values, but according to your budget, and a lot of times it's, you'll talk to people and it's just challenging a social construct where somebody thinks at 23, 24 years old that they need to buy a house or they need a brand new car. And um, a lot of times that challenge, that's challenging people's ego, but that's what gets them where they want to go. Um, and that's honestly how I eliminated my debt in the past and put myself in a much better financial situation was challenging those things that you think you need but they're not necessarily things you want. It's just things that you've been conditioned to think that you need and they're not, you know? So it's kind of like a reprogramming. And that's one thing I do with people is just do a bunch of different exercises that kind of challenge uh, their thinking a little bit and then get them to, you know, answer like what their ideal lifestyle looks like and then help them design a financial environment around that. So. 
Yeah, that's wicked cool. And I mean, yeah, the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing is a, is a very real, uh, very real thing. I think for a lot of people, and they move into a nicer neighborhood, they start spending more money, and they get that that kind of creep, um, especially when they start making more money too. And so for you, like, in in getting out of debt, getting out of your student loans, uh, what were kind of some of the mechanisms you used to do that? Yeah, so um, there's a, a rule that I stand by, um, and I think it changes as you age. Um, but in terms of eliminating debt, the rule that I use, I call it a, the 30-30-40 rule. And 30-30-40, those are percentages that makes up 100% of your uh, total income. So 30%, the first 30% is uh, your fixed costs. So that's going to be like your housing, um, anything on a recurring payment, uh, your cell phone, car, car insurance, um, anything like that. Your goal is to shoot to uh, fit all of those expenses into 30% of your income. So if you're making 3000 a month, then all of those expenses would fit into $1,000 um, or 1000 Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, the next 30% is your variable costs. That's anything you use to swipe a card. Um, anything that you purchase online, food, gasoline. Uh, I put student loans in that category uh, because um, it's something that you should manually go into. I don't advise anyone to have their student loan payment be on a reoccurring payment because more often than not, that ends up losing them money, which is a whole different rabbit hole I could go down. Um, and then the other 40% should go towards savings. Um, so by doing that, you create a system where you can quickly build six months worth of uh, expenses or income, whichever you choose. And then you can allocate the additional money towards paying off your debt. Um, and that's what I did. Um, I used to live in Seattle, Washington for two years. And I relocated to Austin, Texas to dramatically cut the cost of my living. Um, so I went from paying close to $1,000 a month for a room and a house to paying $400 a month in Austin for a room and a house. And just by cutting all my expenses down and getting my you know fixed and variable expenses to 50% of my total income, I was able to drastically save money and I was able to pay off my debt in two years doing that. Um, and it's not saying that there wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, I was able to save a lot of money and be able to spend money on things that I wanted, um, which was a huge change. And that's when I realized like, if you're, if you can stick to those percentages, like you can actually earn more with the same salary. It's all about your expenses versus your income. So I always like to break it up into those three categories, uh, fixed expenses, variable expenses, and savings. Um, and that's how I've been able to, uh, save a ton of money and, uh, also eliminate that very quickly. So, yeah, it's awesome. And some, I think great advice, especially for, you know, maybe the listeners who are around my age, around your age. Um, and so when you, when you ended up moving out to California there, um, did you kind of carry that? And then also like, what was your kind of mindset like for, I'm assuming you were working like kind of a normal job before, uh, Moving out to California? Yeah, so uh, I was working as an area manager uh, for a footwear company. 
So I oversaw like a couple different locations in the Austin area. And I actually had that same job in Seattle, uh, but I just had the opportunity to transfer. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to make the same amount of money, but uh, drastically lower my cost of living. Uh, so I did that. And I think I had, you know, paid off my student loans and I had roughly six months worth of income in the bank. And um, I didn't necessarily want to move back to Texas. I'm a very outdoor uh, minded person. Like I love the mountains and um, Texas is a really great place, but it just wasn't a place for me. And I think once I hit that six month mark, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to take a chance. I'm going to quit my job and just uh, go for it. And I, I had a camper van at the time. So I just spent a month traveling and then uh, I had applied for a job in Lake Tahoe in at one of the ski resorts and they had interviewed me while I was on my trip. And then I was like, I could be there in two weeks. And I drove my camper van out there and yeah, the rest is history. I was there for six months and then I found a full-time job by that summer uh, with the same company. And uh, yeah, now I've been out here almost two years, but I think when I moved out there originally to answer your question, I was kind of not really focused on money. I was just focused on enjoying the season and I skied almost 50 days. So it was, it was really good. Like I, I had a blast, uh, but yeah, it's, I hit a certain point where I'm, that's another thing that I do consistently is I don't, you know, let my uh, income or savings drop below a certain amount before I, proactively make a decision. Uh, I'm very risk averse. So I'll, I, I'm just always a planner. Uh, but I just realized I was like, I either need to move back to a city and find something full time, or I can try to find something full time here and make that work. So that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I feel like living here, I could never have done it with student loan debt. So it's like, I could have done it, but it would have been extremely difficult just from a, a margin perspective in terms of what you can save. Uh, but now that, you know, I've eliminated all my student loan debt, I have a really cheap car payment. Um, I'm able to live comfortably here without, um, without stress or worry. And that's, I think that's what gets people the most with uh, financial troubles is just your margin is so thin that it just hurts to get paid and then have less money in your account two days later. Um, I've been there and you know, it's funny, like I, by eliminating my debt and then moving out here and uh, living something that's closer to my ideal lifestyle, not, not only do I have way less stress, but I'm far more comfortable financially as well. So, um, that's one thing that I work with clients and try to help them do is like identify, you know, what's going to ultimately make them happy and reduce their, their stress and, and help them design uh, a lifestyle around that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of like a, a crazy action, I guess, but at the same time, it wasn't as crazy just because you had that, that financial, financial blanket that you could actually make the move mm -hmm. with. Um, and then, so I guess maybe, maybe looking to pivot here. Um, so you have your podcast, right? Sustainable savings. And so what have you kind of like learned from that, I guess, in, in the couple months that you've been doing it? I think I've learned the biggest thing that 
has jumped out to me is like, there's no right way to do some of these things. And some of the people that I've talked to have been, you know, you know, I quit everything and did this. And then other people are like, I planned to build my tiny house over three years. And then my partner and I moved in two years after that, like super planner. So I think there's, there's a lot of different ways to do some of these things, but I think for people uh, that would listen that are interested in an alternative lifestyle or, you know, using their money as a tool, um, it's very personalized. And I think the first step for those people and what I've learned from my podcast is just look at yourself as an individual uh, with whatever process you go about. You could move into a van and travel the US and work remotely but that doesn't mean that you have to do it exactly like this person did um, or whether it be tiny houses or, um, you know, having a urban farm in your backyard, like there's all the different ways to do, do it. And then, I mean, even me starting my own podcast, like it was something that was trial and error for like three months until I finally got in the groove of things and figured out my own way to navigate it. And that's like the type of content I like to make the, type of guests I like to have like it's it's something that is is constantly evolving so you know anyone that listens or that's interested in non-conventional lifestyle look at it as that like don't reference anyone to be non-conventional like go about it and like make mistakes and uh figure it out yeah yeah totally that's that's pretty cool and then so is there any place that you're like really looking to go with it or are you just kind of Riding out the wave right now. Yeah, so uh, I have my website, uh, sustainablesavings.org, and uh, that's like a reference for uh, my financial coaching uh, services um, as well as uh, all the podcast show notes. Um, but really what it is is like I wanted to provide a, a free way for people to just hear other people's stories and um, – I know my, I think back to my own story and I remember constantly challenging, you know, what you're supposed to do. And I was like, oh, I want to live in a van and travel, or I want to, you know, live in the mountains and work at a ski resort. And there's like, for me, I was like always in this non-conventional mindset, but I was always challenging uh, what, you know, society says, sure, you can go do that, but when are you going to buckle down and get a, a real job? And, um, I hope my podcast is a way to help people, um, you know, kind of navigate those challenges, but also, uh, direct people to a service that I can help them with. You know, if somebody's listening and they're like, you know, I identify as a broke professional and I want to make the most of my money so I can start living my ideal lifestyle. You know, it's like, then it's a good segue that I can help those people. Um, as well as like, I've started to produce more blog type con content on uh, medium.com. Um, but I'm going to start putting that on my website as well. So, um, it's really just the, the podcast is a, is a cool service for people, but it helps, uh, kind of put my footprint on the internet and helps direct people that need the help, uh, to towards me and we can work together. So, right. Sweet. And I, I, I do love the like message you put that's like, Hey man, like, you got to buy what you want, um, but don't buy everything, right? And and relating it back to just sustainability in general, I think it's a great concept to go with because um, every 
everything you buy, right, has a package, has something that's probably going to end up in the landfill, and the less you have, the the less environmental impact you're going to have. So it's pretty cool. And there's so many there's so many different ways to do it too. I I talked to this great woman from the UK, uh, and she has a a mini series podcast called How to Be a Minimalist. And she talks about when you're downsizing your clothing or anything because you realize it's not for you, you know, don't necessarily like look to throw anything away. Like you can donate it to a thrift shop or you can sell stuff over time so that you're not losing money on things that you previously purchased or you're at least getting some of that margin back. And, you know, I know other people that are like, nope, I put everything in trash bags. It's out. It's out of my life forever. And it's like, you know, that's not necessarily, even though you're downsizing with the hope to be more minimalist or to use, live a more minimalist lifestyle, there's still ways to do it that can help you financially and that are more sustainable. So uh, there's, there's so many different ways to go about it. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think a lot of times, I mean, throwing, throwing things away, there's, there's probably someone who can use that right Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And so, yeah, I think definitely going the route of, (laughs) you know, donating it or, or selling it is, is the better route there. All right, man. Well, those are kind of like the, some of the big questions I had for you. Just get get to know you a bit, bit better and stuff like that. But uh, do you mind if we do kind of like a, a fire round type thing where I just ask you some quick, quick questions? Sure. All right, sweet. So uh, what, did, what is something that you wish you had known when you like first started kind of your journey, I guess? Um, so I think back to uh, college and uh, I wish... I wish if I could look back in terms of taking out student loan debt, uh, this is advice that I give people all the time uh, because I used to work with a bunch of college students is uh, go to school for something for a job, not for like a subject. So I think a lot of uh, jobs are disappearing from college students. And uh, a lot of times it's because the, degrees in universities are becoming very generalized and that's because you have increased amount of people going to school and it makes sense. Um, but I what thinking about taking out $40,000 in student loan debt. I, uh, wish I would have had more of a specific job in mind and put myself in a position to go after that specific job. Um, and that's if, if you're in a degree that's non-technical, like it's not, you're not a teacher, you're not going for nursing or medical, um, accounting, a lot of times the the degree is not set up to get you a specific job. So that's one thing I look back in terms of taking on a lot of debt. Um, but I mean, I was 18 years old at the time. I can't really knock myself too much. But I think in terms of my journey, in terms of anyone that's looking at going off to school, um, I would just think about that very seriously, um, just because you could end up paying that off three to $400 a month for 10 years. Uh, and you may not even use that degree if you didn't have a specific job in mind. So, um, that's one thing I would tell people is just to, um, yeah, be focused and be clear about what type of work you want to do, uh, before getting educated. So. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. On to the next one. What do you think is like one book everyone should read? Uh, a book that I recommend to a lot of people, uh, it's called uh, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Um, and I think it's a great book for self-awareness and uh, productivity. Uh, and I think the biggest lesson from that book that I learned is 
uh, when it when it comes to accomplishing or going after your goals, um, to not like look at your goals as what you, your goal is something that if you look at your goal as like each goal is a journey, you're not going to get to that goal in the first day. So it's like somebody who wants to go to the gym. Um, I find like finances and going to the gym are very similar. Uh, but uh, you're wanting to work out more and you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to go every day or I'm going to go five days a week. And you start going, but then you miss a day here and there. And all of a sudden you stop going altogether. And a lot of times people say, oh, I'm just lazy and I just need to get back into it. And it's like, no, you've just, you've just hurt your own confidence by setting a goal that's unrealistic. And um, rather than setting like lofty goals, like setting minimums, uh, in the book it refers to it as a set point, uh, but it's a minimum that you can do each week or each day. And it's something that you tell yourself like, yeah, this is the bare minimum. And when you're faced with that, you goes, oh, I can't even do the bare minimum. And you find yourself hitting those bare minimums and you find it easier to be, to go. And then you, you find yourself beating those goals because you're being more productive than the minimum that you set. Um, and I feel like in my experience, like that is a way to consistently progress is by setting minimums and then doing a little more, a little more, a little more. And I find the same with finances when it comes to saving, you're like, Oh, I want to save $20,000 in a year. Okay. Like that's a lot of money for some people. That's not a lot of money for some others, but it's more just like, okay, I'm going to set an, set up an environment where I save one third of my income and you know, or 10% of my income. And then you start to work your way up and then you're like, Oh, now it's like a game. Like I'm hitting all my checkpoints. I'm hitting all my levels. I'm progressing, you know? So um, that's a book I really love, and uh, I help, it helped me learn a lot about myself, but also I feel like be more confident and more productive in my life. So, yeah, okay, sure. Great book. All right, sweet. Um, I mean, what do you think is like the biggest myth out there about sustainability? I think there's, uh, for me, it's uh, the perspective of like, oh, what can one person do? Um, to make a difference. I hear that uh, all the time where somebody is like turned off to the idea of recycling or anything because they're like, am I really making that much of a difference? And it's like, the answer is yes. Um, and people think that they're not making a difference, ergo they don't do anything about it. And it's like the best thing I can say is what someone told me is like, if you're doing something 80% of the time, you're still doing 80% more than doing nothing, you know? So I think any individual that's like thinking in that way, it's like, you're not only making a difference to like all of us, but you're making a difference to yourself. And if you feel better about it, then you should do it. But I just find a lot of people, they end up having no action because they don't think that they're contributing enough. And even a small amount is like, is enough for me, is enough for all of us. You know, it's like, do what you can. Um, Cause we're not always society in our, you know, our culture is not set up always to be the most sustainable, but if you're doing 80% of what you can, like it still means something. Yeah. It's so better than nothing. Right. At the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, now on the next one, who's like one person you'd love to meet if you could. 
Mm. So I'd love to meet this guy. His name is John Francis. Uh, he lives in California. Um, he is a super interesting guy. So in the seventies, there was a big oil tank spill in, uh, the San Francisco Bay area. And as a form of personal protest, he gave up the use of, uh, gas powered vehicles. And he did that for, I think 17 or 18 years. He just walked everywhere and three years into his journey, he actually gave up speaking as well. And in that time, in the next 15 years, he not only walked around the world, um, the U S and a lot of South America. Um, but he also got a bachelor's, a master's and a doctorate, um, from three different universities during his trip. So, uh, he walked from California all the way up to Washington, built a boat, rode across the, uh, Puget Sound, and then he hiked up, and he ended up in, like, Montana, got it, or he was in Oregon, got a degree there, went up to Montana, got his master's, and then he went to the University of Wisconsin and got his doctorate degree, and then he was actually hired uh, by the U.S. government to help with uh, environmental, uh, as an environmental consultant, so it was really cool um, to just read his book. It's like a National Geographic book, um, but his story is really cool because it's just, again, that uh, what can one person do? It's like, he did a whole lot, you know, just in his experience, um, just because he didn't agree with, you know, an oil tanker spilling and causing all this like ecological waste, you know, and just ruining an area for years and years. Um, but he was actually able to make the world a better place just out of that protest and what came of it. So he's pretty cool. It'd be interesting to meet him and see what he's like. So, Damn, yeah, sounds like a super cool guy. I'll have to, I'll have to check him out after this. I hadn't heard of him before. Um, all right, and the last question, just in the fire round, is kind of how, how do you define success? Um, so, I mean, it's this is gonna sound like things I've said during this this whole interview, but uh, it's, uh, I think it's personalized, and I think that if you think if you, if your ideas of success is something that you've agreed on and you are willing to go after great but if your idea of success is based on something that you haven't chosen then uh you're basically going after something that you're told to go after um so i think the biggest thing to me is like uh identifying like you know what's important to you and what your goals are and uh, consistently working towards them. I don't think, I think it's great to have goals, but you know, it's important to consistently look back and see how far you've come. Uh, and in my experience, I think that's been really beneficial. And at least in my podcast journey and the journey of my business, I always, uh, make it a point to reflect weekly and just see, okay, a year ago, you had no idea how to start a podcast. You didn't know how to find guests. You didn't know how to interview people. You didn't know, you know, really anything and look where you are now. And I think it's the same with my business. And I, I say that for everybody. It's just really important to um, have big goals, but like work towards them slowly and constantly reflect so that you can validate yourself and keep your confidence up. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, man. And then just kind of last question, where can people go to find you after this? 
Yeah, so uh, I have a podcast on all streaming platforms. It's called Sustainable Savings. Uh, so it teaches people, uh, it's a conversational show where um, I interview people about how they've used sustainable or non-conventional practices to either save money or eliminate debt. Um, you can also, if you're interested in any financial coaching or even just getting started with a basic uh, budgeting call, you can uh, schedule a free consultation call with me uh, at sustainablesavings.org. Um, and then you can follow me on all social media platforms using the handle podcast savings.